the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I think the obvious thing that we need to jump into is this is a funny stock market. Funny, haha, no, just it's odd. Friday of last week, the Federal Reserve signaled that more interest rates hikes are coming. And it took a very serious tone. And we feel like we're in trouble. Stock market may have hoped that the Federal Reserve will slow down its pace of increasing interest rates, but the Fed chair had a different message for the markets. Even though we've started to see a a break in some of the inflation numbers, he's taking a hard line with his announcements. It had a very serious tone. And it's not necessarily what he did, it's how he said it or how he did it. Powell spent the majority of a short speech warning against easing restrictive monetary policy too early. Almost as if none of the numbers in the inflationary world came down. Gasoline prices are down huge, right? Almost as if that didn't happen. Rents on individuals are down, but rents on businesses are up. We are, I'm not going to say deep into the cycle. I'm going to say we're into the cycle, the interest rate hike cycle. And at some point, he is going to say things have broken. That it's not as hot. The inflation's not hot-blooded. Check it and see. It's got a fever of 103. At some point, he's going to say, man, a little bit more normal. We're down to 100. Demand for houses, cars, and finance goods are all affected by higher interest rates, making it more expensive for consumers and businesses to borrow. There's some parts of inflation that he just cannot beat. There's just no way. Energy prices and food prices come to mind. What's happened in Ukraine is tragic for the world inflationary reports. As we head into winter, Natural gas prices are now going, spiking. They're elevated. They are, um, what is the word? Parabolic. And there's nothing he can do about it. So sometimes a recession is inevitable. Or as I like to say, Mike Tyson, whenever he eats cookies. Cookie delicious. And you and I try to eat them, and they're inedible. You go, they're not inedible. They're, it's inevitable, not inedible. We may have to hit the recession to bring down food costs, to bring down energy costs. Or if Putin were to have a heart attack right now, that would help the Federal Reserve more than higher interest rates. It's a weird thing to say out loud. 
Powell did say the Fed will ease its rate hikes at some point in the future, but not to expect one or two months of lower gasoline prices to do the trick. Fed will want to see smaller price increases for consumer goods and services beyond the notoriously volatile categories of food and energy. He wants to see broader slowing of prices. It'll indicate that underlying inflation momentum will be easing. Home prices have likely peaked already, given the slowing of the housing market became a, uh, due to the higher mortgage rates. But rent increases tend to lag behind home prices. So their momentum could continue for a while. That was the tone on Friday. And the markets got schwacked. It was not pretty in any way, shape, or form. There's no way of saying, okay, this is broad. It was broad. It was a day that on Friday, the only thing that did well was electronic arts because there's a rumor that Amazon is going to acquire them. And that rumor was almost instantly shot down. So that leaves you going, well, that was interesting. Some things to think about today. How bad will it be? What sort of carry through momentum? Will we test those June lows? I would, I don't want to use this word because it's going to make me sound weird. I would be stoked if we test those lows. <clears throat> Am I counting on it? No way. I'm crazy. I ain't crazy like that. So the market broke bad on a vibe check on Friday. Remember in the last six months, as the market, last seven months, eight months, the last eight months, the market's been dealing with inflation. And we go, is it going to cause a recession? Is it not going to cause a recession? It's really tough to see how it doesn't cause a recession that ends with a thud. And you know what is okay? It's really normal to have a recession. I've said it hundreds of times on this show. Recessions curb excesses. When I moved to the Bay Area in the early 2000s, the late 1990s saw tech stocks explode and create inflation in the Bay Area. I got here and I was like, what is this wondrous Camelot? And the next two years after I got here, people started losing jobs pretty effectively, pretty quickly. And I felt like, I wonder if it's just me. Did I kill the party? It needs to be killed because when I came, the excesses were anyone who wanted a job out of college would get a six-figure job. Psychology degree, don't worry about it. You just got a job at Yahoo or Google. We need bodies. So guess what we need now? Bodies. Heavy losses were seen across the market on Friday following a very short, very terse speech from Fed Chair Powell, making it clear that we will not be seeing a shift to a rate cut cycle anytime soon. I didn't think we were expecting that. But what we need a recession for, in my opinion, is to curb those excesses. The people who are going, you know what? I don't want to go back to work. I, I'm not going to go back to work. I don't, you, don't, you can't make me go back to work. You're going back to work after a recession. 
The Fed chair openly acknowledged that the effort to reduce inflation will also bring some pain to households and businesses. I, that was a phrase that stuck. When your Federal Reserve banker says, bring some pain, he said that the historical record cautions strongly against premature loosening policy. So one thing that he does want to do to lose credibility is say, okay, we've stopped. Now, keep in mind, here's the craziest thing that I'm going to tell you. When the Federal Reserve cuts interest rates, it takes almost a year for it to get completely into the economy. And we did these massive cuts so far. 275 rounders, that's epic. We came into 2022 thinking that we may do two or three. This time last year, we're like, yeah, two or three for uh, 2022. And then we get eight, nine, 10, 11 rate hikes. It's not done yet. So last week, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 4.2%. Year-to-date, it's down 11.2%. The S&P 500, 3% down for the week. Year-to-date, down 12%. That is a brutal week. So S&P 500 down 3% in one week. It's down 12% for the year. But man, 3% in one week. The S&P 500 was down, I'm sorry, 4%. The S&P 400 was down 3%. Russell 2000 small cap stocks were down 2.9% for the week. The NASDAQ was down 4.4. Down 22% for the year. So the Fed has made it clear. Don't expect us to bail you out anytime soon. You're on your own. There's probably a better way of saying it, but that's the, the key takeaway that I had. It's not what they said. It, it's how they said it. It's the tone. It's the terseness. It's the, we're not going to bail you out. All good. We need a recession, whether it's Fed-induced or whether it's just natural occurring. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Will we test the bottoms? I'm Rob Black. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, insurance investments, getting into retirement, little money hacks here and there. It's all part of, do you have enough to retire? There are some things that you need to be very cautious about heading into retirement. And what do I mean by that? Do you have enough money to live until the day you die? And you probably can't do a five-minute quick test. It's going to take a little bit more than that. I think when I hit 50, I started thinking, like, where do I go with this? I got to start thinking about required minimum distributions and making sure that I do those rights. Can you imagine you're 60 years old and you pull out too little money and you get Penalized on it. And you're like, but I'm 60. I didn't do anything. What age do you have to start worrying about this? Seems like right around 50, 55. Um, I'm lucky because I have wealth. I created it myself. I'm proud of that. But at the same time, I realize that I'm in a position that very few people are in. I could hire a financial planner to help me with required minimum distributions. Take a look at all the types of accounts I have. And I have all types. I've got IRAs. I got Roth IRAs. I got, I used to have SEP IRAs, um, 401ks, 401k Roths, 
And it's going to take me more than five minutes just to lay out everything in front of me, not on a computer file. Oh, the IRS doesn't care if you go, oh, I forgot I had an account over at Charles Schwab that, oh, I'm sorry. I have accounts at Acorns. I have accounts at Schwab. I have accounts at Fidelity. I have accounts at Vanguard. I've got accounts uh, with my 401ks. When do you start taking care of this? Somewhere after 50, you start visualizing it. And as you push towards 60, you better have a game plan right around 60. That's going to be different for all people. Levels of complexity. Sometimes you get an appointment with a financial planner. It can take a while to get an appointment with a trust attorney. It can take a while. Get those paperwork uh, going and logged. Just start thinking about it, okay? Um, that's the goal of the show, to make retirement kind of smooth. Of note, I'm going to be doing a little bit of traveling. And when I do, you're going to hear best ofs. And when you do hear best ofs, um, it's because the, ch- the segments have been chosen to work for you, not necessarily in the church of what's working now, but to work in the long-term strategy. So retiring in risky times requires protection from a volatile stock market and interest rates. I think this is an interesting time. How much do you have is also very important. Do you have enough is probably the craziest correct right on concept before you start quitting and taking your foot off the gas. I have a plan and a backup plan. This is my kind of backup plan. When I stop working, like getting up at four and studying the stock market, when I stop consuming information, so I, I am ready for you. I wouldn't mind cleaning pools. It seems like a low-stress job that's not going to go away. What's your backup plan? My dream is to open an Airbnb and kind of manage it with a spouse. Close down weekends where I want to travel to see my kids. But I'm not there yet. It's kind of vaguely coming together. We are starting to hear the R word again. When the word recession comes with retirement, those are two R's that kind of make each other sick. If you want to retire soon, the word recession is going to create apprehension. While we aren't in 2008 where you had a meltdown situation, the global financial crisis pushed the United States into a recession. We are dealing with a number of negative factors here that affect our economy. Rising interest rates to combat inflation. A global pandemic that won't seem to go away. Not getting political there. Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The likelihood of higher taxes down the road. Back in 2008, people near retirement had to make financial adjustments to secure fixed income that they now depend on. What you don't want to do, and I'm starting to see a little creep of this. In the last eight months, I've seen all sorts of emails from you. Like, I want to get out of the market and stay on the sidelines until there's a signal to 
get back in and there's no signal to get back in. One week ago, we were thinking the June lows for 2022 were put in to the stock market, that we weren't going to get a whoosh, that we weren't going to get a a sign, if you will. A sign could be a, a headline on the New York Times, stocks are dead, investing's gone forever, buy a shotgun. We're not going to get that. Be very, very careful. There's a lot of product that's sold, or maybe the right word is that's bought during down markets, during transitionary times where we're talking about the R word, recession. Risky times requires protection. Should you get a, an annuity? I say absolutely positively not. There are very few annuities that make financial sense for the majority of people. Annuities are insurance products. Um, They can be a part of your retirement plan, but not if it's sold by your neighbor or an insurance agent. Only if it's sold through a certified financial planner who is considered a fiduciary. And they want to secure 10% of your income in retirement, not 100%. Um, I own shares of Target. I own shares of Coca-Cola. I own shares. I can tell you they pay their dividends in good times and bad times. I don't need the security of an annuity, which is an insurance product, which is very high commissions and very high fees. High commissions and high fees are a killer. It's done deal. It's like when I was a dating man, eh, smoking cigarettes wasn't going to cut it for me. I might go on one or two dates, maybe three, but I wasn't going to fall in love and marry a smoker. Just not my thing. Um, I didn't know you were saying you're really shallow, Rob. What if it was the dream of your life? Well, it never happened. So what you don't want to do right now is make compromises on standards. Don't panic. Don't get fearful. Have a plan. Stick with a plan. Where are we in the cycle? We're in it. Will it end after six months or 12 months? Well, we're past six. Will it end after 12 or 24? Or maybe as bad as 36, as bad as it's ever gotten? We're eight months in. I feel okay. I hope you do too. I'm Rob Lock. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. So let's talk asset classes. Stocks, bonds, real estate, digital currencies, baseball cards, Pokemon cards, stamps, coins. I guess you'd probably call a lot of that collectibles, commodities. Like there's different types of assets, right? So you can't just live on stocks alone. You got to introduce some bonds at some point. Um, I'm okay with municipal bonds if that's the direction you're going to have to go. But again, I don't talk a lot of bonds because I'm not very good at them. I don't know how to rate them. And it's always interesting to me when I get an email from you that are like, hey, I've got some bonds. I'm like, who picked those for you? Because I don't know how to do it. I have to go with like a Moody's like bond rating agency and trust it. It's funny because there's some people, Mohammed El Arian, Bill Gross, 
Jeff Gunlock, who are very, very good at Bonds. And I've never seen a service that I would want to use of theirs. But I get the buying an IOU, which is what a bond is, helping you understand your assets. A bond is issued by a government or a corporation. They say, we need $100, $100,000, $100 million, whatever the number is. We need to build a road. We need to build planes. We need to build a factory. We need to improve our hospital. And those institutions, and even like Apple is issuing bonds on, we want to service our debt through bonds, not through our cash flow. Okay. Now, we know Apple's a, a great company, but what if Peloton said, we want to issue bonds? You'd be like, no way. They're going to go out of business. So you see that Peloton is not really credit worthy, and yet Apple is. So Apple gets a really low interest rate because they're probably not going to default, whereas Peloton has to pay back that bond at a 6% rate versus the 1% of Apple. I'm making those numbers up 1% and 6% to show you the risk level. Same thing with cities. A bond issued by Stockton, California, which is known as the armpit of California. Yes, I want to be mayor of Stockton one day, and that's going to be my platform. Versus a Palo Alto who's considered like, oh, this is nirvana. This is economic nirvana living here. Like, we just eat red goo, and it's, it gives us all the energy we need. <laughs> like, what's going on in Palo Alto? So understanding the good and the bad of bonds is important. And just know, I don't know how to do it well enough on my own. There are some bond traders at EP Wealth that I trust way more than I trust myself. Know your limitations. So stocks, bonds, um, real estate. Trading cards or collectibles. A mint condition Mickey Mantle baseball card sold for $12.6 million on Sunday. I can't imagine in the world why anyone would want to own a baseball card that's X amount of years old. It is blasting the record books as the most ever paid for sports memorabilia in a market that has grown exponentially more lucrative in recent years. The pandemic did something kind of cool. One of the weird side effects was we went back into our homes. And said, what do we got up in the attic? I got nothing to do this weekend. And you found baseball cards and, and Pokemon cards. And it was nostalgic. And you said, I'm going to start collecting again. Let's see how much this thing's worth. And you're like, oh, I got a Mickey Mantle. Um, it's 12.6 million. I think I should sell that. Or a jersey worn by Diego Maradona when he scored the contentious hand of God. Goal in soccer's 1986 World Cup. 9.3 million. Who would pay 9.3 million for a jersey? Now, hold on. Let's even go crazier. I've got a son who's into baseball. And he has a Mookie Bet signed jersey. Dad, I want a Mookie Bet signed jersey. Dad, I want a Mookie Bet signed jersey. Dad, I want a Mookie Bet signed jersey. Now that he has it, he doesn't keep it in plastic. <laughs> he gets stains on it. He's not taking good care of it. So how collectible is it? 
it loses value. But what would be the best thing in the world for him is if Mookie Betts goes off to hit 100 home runs in a season and then maybe dies in a crash. I know you're saying, are you wishing? No, I'm not saying that. But the longer he stays alive, the more he has the potential to sign jerseys. It's the same thing with painters. They're not making Da Vinci's anymore. They're not making Leonardo DiCaprio's anymore. Okay, that was a joke. I know Leonardo DiCaprio is not a painter, but it sounded good coming out of my mouth. The longer an artist lives, the more they can, they can make. So even paintings, it's a weird thing. Jackson Pollock's dead. He'll never make another Pollock. That's considered a good thing in the world of, I have a Pollock. It's considered a bad thing in the world of, oh, he died too early. He had a drinky, drinky problem. So the Mickey Mantle card sold for $12.6 million. The last big or the biggest baseball card before that was a $7.25 million for a century-old Honus Wagner baseball card. Isn't it weird we've been collecting baseball cards for over 100 years? The heavyweight boxing belt reclaimed by Muhammad Ali during the 1974's Rumble in the Jungle sold for nearly $6.2 million. Of everything, that seems the most collectible to me because it's at least you know, jewelry. You know, he could wear it. I know you're saying you're, you're being funny, right? Kind of. So comic books. Oh, I got an email this weekend from someone on talking about comic books. And it, it was a lovely email, but man, did it go on. And, and I, I was quite appreciative of it. And um, he was quite uh, adoring of my career in the last two decades and helping him create freedom in his financial decisions. Um, but he was also giving me advice on how to collect comic books. So I was like, yeah, just not my thing. I don't know it well. I have a collectible comic book that was almost a goof. It was a Superman number one. And it was original and it was kept in plastic its whole life. But do I pretend to go and say, I'm going to buy 30 comics this year. And I've been told by a listener to get two of each one. I'm not. Um, It's just worthy of note that you should really try to get to know your assets and what you have and what you don't have. And you can't live on stocks alone. You want some diversification. In the 1990s, I created a word called diversification on the radio show as a way of saying, you only want tech stocks, baby. And I made a lot of money in tech stocks in 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. And then I lost a lot of money in 2000 and 2001. I made my shift quickly. I threw away that diversification theory. I threw away, I'm smarter than Warren Buffett because he doesn't own tech stocks. I do. Beating my chest like a a chimpanzee or a gorilla or uh, an orangutan. Who beats their chest? I don't know. One of them does probably, right? I I was getting all manly. And I said, diversification. You don't need to own bank stocks. You don't need to own retail. Like You can triple your money. You can quadruple your money in tech stocks. That's the way to go, baby. You can crush the market, baby. And as soon as you start saying the words baby, whether it be in a relationship or whether it be in investing, you're in trouble. I've never been good telling my loved one, I love you so much, sweet cakes, baby face. 
that's always a sign that like there's something wrong with me and the people that I'm hanging out with. So diversification. Now, do I want you to over-diversify? No. I don't want you to get cocky and I don't want you to get arrogant. And I want you to stay out of assets that you don't understand. I stay out of bonds. When it's time for bonds, EP Wealth will be there for me. They've got bond portfolio managers that I trust way so more than myself. When it comes to comic books, I don't know enough about them. When it comes to modern art, I know a lot about modern art. So I will go out on a date to the San Jose Museum of Modern Art, the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. And if there's someone that's like got a show, especially at a San Jose versus San Francisco, now you're saying, why is that? It's because San Francisco's snobby. San Jose is not. So if San Francisco gives a show, it's probably going to be to like a Pollock. If San Jose gives a show, it could be to someone who's alive. Mill Rose Garcia, go check her out. Um, I think her investments in paintings are, are interesting. She does a lot of modern stuff that one day we're going to be buying where it's like Mickey Mouse with a butcher's knife cutting out the eyes of the Easter bunny. Don't touch it until you look at it. And then try to look at it as, is this something that could sell in the future? And strangely, I believe it is. And again, take a look, decide for yourself. A little bit more graphic than some people want, but it's also saying we are a culture that loves Mickey Mouse and Disneyland, and that's not the real world. And guess what? The Easter Bunny is not real either. Sorry, parents, if your kids are driving the car with you this morning. Sorry, Santa Santa doesn't exist either. Santa is a Federal Reserve member in the U.S. government trying to stimulate the economy. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. Have you ever made a commitment and then started to think, ah, that was too strong of an opinion? Anytime the Federal Reserve goes into a rate hike environment period um, cycle, they have to have the ability to say we're also dependent on the news we're also dependent on the economic releases and not say we're going to raise interest rates forever and ever and ever and ever until we see inflation on the side of the road begging for money inflation's no longer loved inflation wants to come back in like you got to have a little softness in your opinion in august 2022 we saw the Federal Reserve make a commitment to fighting inflation. And when if they back off of it in a three-month period, a six-month period, you're like, uh, that wasn't that much of a commitment now, was it? Have you ever said, you know, I'm going to make sure my kids do 30 minutes of homework every single day, 30 minutes of reading, and then like you come into a Friday and you're like, eh, I just want to watch a little TV. It doesn't have to read. I'm not going to be a parent right now. I'm checking out. There is something to be said for how firm the Federal Reserve is acting and the face that's going to have to be saved to pull out of it. So no, that became a story last week. <sighs> Didn't want to date the segment that well, and I just did. Dang it. Okay, so not a best of. 
that frees me to talk about whatever I want to talk about. The moon's going to have to wait. I know you're saying, play some Andy Williams. Moon River. Okay, that's probably my favorite song from my childhood. I know you're saying, that's crazy. It just reminds me of my parents. That's the type of music they listen to. My mother liked Elvis. Within reason. Um, Elvis had a nickname, Elvis the Pelvis. His brother never got famous because his name was Enos. Dun-dun-dunch. And you're saying, do you have anything more? I do. I do. Home prices have been hit, and yet we don't know it. Because you're seeing massive structural changes to the housing market in a 60-day period. I think home prices will run a cycle of three years. I think stocks run a, a down cycle of three years. I think recessions run a cycle of up to three years. And then the negatives kind of move away for capitalism. It's not a thesis that I've built my investing on. It's what I've seen my investing career built on. But when we talk recession, we talk, oh, my neighbor just lost his job. Their kids are no longer going to private school. You see it. With housing, you don't see it. Now, the nice thing about this housing recession versus the last one, it's not built on a house of cards where we're giving loans to all people. This one, it's still very, very difficult to get a loan. I think that's worthy of note. It was going to be a marvelous day for a moon launch. NASA wants to change that. We haven't been to the moon since 1972. But it's getting scrapped because of a hydrogen leak or something along those lines. It was going to be a nice week for nerds and kids to get into math and science and to watch YouTube videos and How's it launch going? When do we go to the moon? Questions like, would you want to go to the moon? Like, I want to be the first guy to kiss a girl on the moon and say, I did it. I'm there. <laughs> You're saying, really? No, I just made that up. There was supposed to be a week of conversations like that where my kids go, would you rather go to the moon and come back or go to Mars and die there? I don't know why they play this game with me. It gets kind of annoying. So last week... One of the areas that I saw an unraveling in was some more of the speculative stocks. I now pay later firms like a firm. They're rising in popularity. Younger shoppers have turned to buy now, pay later to talk, tackle inflation. I hate them. I hated the cartoon Popeye where Wimpy would say, um, can I have a hamburger today? I'll gladly repay you all for it on Friday. I'd be like, who's Wimpy? Who, who, who gets free food today and pays for it in three days? He's hungry in three days. I hate buy now, pay later. I hated Popeye because of that. Although I will say this. I had a weird physical attraction to olive oil. As a six-year-old kid, seven-year-old kid, it doesn't make any sense. She's tall. She's jointy. Uh, she has a high-pitched voice. Oh, Popeye. But Wimpy, I hated. Buy now, pay later. No, 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 no. I did not like that. 
So I'm not a big fan of a firm, especially when you tell a 20 year old kid, Hey, you're on your way to a music festival. Do you want a $1,200 pair of headphones? Oh, you don't have to pay now. You can pay later. 20 year old Rob's like, I'll take the headphones. So I was happy to see them get, I'm not going to say destroyed, but crushed. I don't like the idea. I don't like the business plan. Ulta beauty shoppers aren't being deterred by inflation. The company's latest earnings show. Ulta's sales grew 16.8%, hitting $2.3 billion. They have some relationships with some of the Kardashians or some of the uh, Jenners. And that really helps when you have an influencer saying, I just picked up a stick of, of lipstick or eyeliner and I got it at Ulta. And you're not really figuring that she's doing an advertisement. Look how luscious my lips look. Look how great my eyelashes look. You know, here's one that's going to be honest with you. I saw Taylor Swift at the Video Music Awards last night, um, MTV Awards. I don't like thick eyelashes. This double thick fake eyelashes, like, what you look like a like a lioness not my thing anyhow i know you're saying from the guy who wants to kiss a girl on the moon what is your thing i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com